we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. queer, queer. Sin advises that the following content may be distressing for some listeners. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice of queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Boon land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hey, welcome back. Um, my name's Laura, I'm queer, and my pronouns are they, them, and I'd like to acknowledge that I'm on Wamba Wamba and Prepa Prepa land, and would just uh, like to acknowledge the, you know, the owners of this land and that sovereignty was never ceded. If you want to check out the show or re- reach out to us on our socials, you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N Loud, or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also check out our podcasts on Omi, Spotify, Stitcher and Apple, Apple Music after the show. If you'd like to tune in via the radio waves, uh, go to 90.7 FM at 3pm on Sundays or you can stream us on the Sin website, sin.org.au. Coming up on the show, we're going to be hearing all about uh, the latest queer news. We're going to be discussing how social media and um, particularly modern apps are affecting Olympic athletes and their ability to come out or be outed. Um, We're also going to go on a little journey with Elizabeth about... um, (laughs) I don't really know how to explain this, but the show Loki and the interesting discourse, sort of queer representation, sort of biphobia, sort of something else. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to hear it and ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and lastly, we'll have our usual froth or not. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. I'm your host, Liz, with my co-host, Laura. Now we're going to go into our news whip of stories. Just keep an eye out for a content warning. Just There'll be mentions of homophobia, the criminalisation of queerness and conversion therapy. Bit of a big one. Uh, I promise we've got some more uh, positive stories after this one, but we uh, don't want to be remiss in not reporting on this. So just let, to let you know, it's a bit of a rough one. Um, Yeah, it's it's a bit full on. From Q News, politicians in the African nation of Ghana have unveiled a draft bill that activists say is one of the world's most homophobic pieces of legislation. A group of MPs introduced the Promotion of Proper Human Sexual Rights and Ghanaian Family Values Bill to Parliament late last month. Gay sex is already punishable by up to three years in jail in Ghana. However, the new draft legislation would explicitly declare it illegal to be gay, bisexual, transgender, non-binary, and that would be punishable by five years in prison. It would also even criminalise being an LGBTQI ally or promoting sympathy in the country with the same prison terms threatened. The bill has emerged in full online. The draft laws would make it a crime for citizens not to report queer people to police, and the proposed laws would also force queer people to pay compensation to someone they engage in sexual activity with. Human rights activists warn that that clause would put queer Ghanaians at risk of blackmail. 
The bill also promotes harmful and debunked conversion therapy by allowing leniency if an LGBT person requests treatment, quote unquote. Online platforms or media companies supporting LGBT people could also face prosecution under the proposed laws. Bit of a full-on one there, but just as Laura said, we have we can't just not we can't just ignore that. But onto some more onto some more positive mm. news, thankfully. Um, from Pink News, a Sheffield United football player has said that he has been overwhelmed by the support after bravely coming out to his teammates on the pitch. Defender Yamal Howlett-Mundell decided on Tuesday, the 27th of July, to gather his team together and and reveal to them that he is bisexual. Nervously making his announcement, he said, I know in football there's a sort of stigma, but I'm still the same person. His team reacted with a huge round of applause. Also from Pink News, skateboarder Alana Smith made history as the first openly non-binary athlete to compete for Team USA at the Olympics but their landmark moment was marred by misgendering from commentators. Smith competed in the Women's Skateboarding Street event on Sunday, July 25, and even had their pronouns etched onto their skateboard. But sports commentators for the BBC in the UK referred to Smith with the wrong pronouns throughout, much to the disappointment of LGBT plus fans. Brittany De La Cretas, a US-based trans journalist, wrote on Twitter, that the, the sports commentators misgendering Smith was journalistic malpractice. Brittany wrote on Twitter, no one should have to be misgendered on an international stage like this. Sports doesn't know what to do with non-binary athletes. Shout out to Alana Smith, the first openly non-binary athlete to represent the US in an Olympic Games. If any of these, uh, if any of the news here, especially that first uh, story, uh, is something that you found really distressing, you can call Lifeline at 131114, QLive at 1-800-184-527. They also have an online chat. Or Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. That's right. And don't forget to, um, you know, look after your queer and trans friends, particularly if they um, are distressed by news like this as well. We need to stick together and, and take care of each other course uh, coming up next we're going to be talking about um queerness at the olympics sin where young people run the show memories of youthful days. welcome back to loud and queer with your hosts laura and liz this um you just listened to a new track from abby cw different desire so we're going to be just getting into one of our first free range topic for um today <laughs> um basically we wanted to have a bit of talk about as Many people probably know, which is obviously great news. There are quite there is a very very large number of LGBTQIA plus athletes that are now competing in the Olympics, which is obviously fantastic. Um, but of course, it does there are things that have occurred that are both positive and negative in that regard, um, especially in regards to online apps and just the accidental outing of certain athletes in that regard or the, at least the risk of it mm, yeah and I'd say definitely congratulations to all of those athletes for making it um as far as they have and it's you know um quite a contentious year for the games like we can't ignore that but mm. um I think something that has been great is being able to see athletes who are out um you know post about on social media I've seen Quinn, one of the athletes, um, 
post themselves with a trans flag and there was obviously um oh god laurel hubbard was the uh one of the weightlifters um a trans athlete who's a weightlifter and there are a bunch more i can't even remember them all there's I mean, so like, many tom daly is gay um and we had alana yeah. smith just before uh with alana smith of course Excuse me, how can yeah, I be remiss? Um, that sounds kind of amazing and I want to watch it now. <laughs> um, but what's been going on with TikTok and Grindr? Yeah, um, basically what happened was, and it's been slammed by Grindr as a result of this, but twi- um, but a lot of TikTok and Twitter have been slammed by them for the risk of exposing queer athletes. Basically what happened is that Grindr as a social media platform has an explore feature. And which I mm. basically I don't use Grinder, but from what I've gathered from it, it basically allows you to see other people that have Grinder accounts. And they were using mm. that account to explore, quote unquote, ex- use the the explore feature to navigate Tokyo's Olympic Village, which is where all the Olympic athletes reside mm. when they're not competing. So basically, because yeah. of that, at least like Insider reported at least four TikTok posts and 10 tweets have included the profiles of Olympic athletes, including their names, their faces and identifying details, which is like full on power to those athletes. But at the same time, many of these athletes also come from countries that still have very dangerous and damaging laws against lgbtqia plus people so there's this holds Mm. the very strong risk of outing them to their countries and that could lead to very damaging impacts when they return home if Mm. that information gets out there Mm. and it says here tiktok then distributed uh one of the videos um that someone had made with a grinder explore feature um to the For You pages, which is the recommendation pages for anyone that's not familiar. Um, And that received 140,000 views and I believe that athlete was not out. So Mm. um, don't go looking for these, by the way. These people obviously deserve their privacy, so we're not going to be, you know, saying any names. Um, But I think, yeah, it comes into who's responsible, what are the ethical implications of this and... Um, yeah, I think like the first thing is just to say out of, to make well. things perfectly clear as well, just get that out of the way, is that what happened is definitely 100% not the athlete's fault. Like it's not their fault that they ju- that they have a grinder page mm. that has been found like this. Like it should, like it's, uh, they, they, it's unlikely they ever would have anticipated for something like this to happen and Again, like it, even if they had, that's not their responsibilities. They shouldn't be having to be account, be expecting someone to go hunting down their profiles. It's like, mm. like it shouldn't be. It's something that you shouldn't be. People shouldn't be going out and actively hunting for these people just because they want their next thirst trap. Mm. Yeah, I suppose you're choosing to take that risk, but I think if you don't know that. You know, if you're from a country where this kind of media might be really highly censored, um, I'm not sure if that was the case, just as an example. You know, you may not be aware of how these platforms share your profile. So, um, you know, it's not um, an obvious thing for a lot of people. And also, I guess they can assume that, you know, other people 
would respect <laughs> them or you'd like to think they would, but um, there are far too many people on the internet uh, for us to really be able to believe that, unfortunately. So I think it comes down to there should definitely be an option, um, you know, especially an app that's so widely used. Well, that's all about like Grindr, for instance, or any dating app. Um, there should be far more safety features. There have been a lot of um, reports into the way that Tinder um, has like not really kept the safety of their um, their users at interest. And I think the same might be able to be said for Grinder, though I don't use it either. You know, they need to be careful and um, make it really clear what the, I guess, those settings are probably of how people can find you, how visible you are on the app. I think that should just be built into it. Um, and it should pop up every time you go to a new location. How do you want to be viewed and how do you want to be found? Yeah, I agree there. Um, yeah, just like, you know, on Facebook, you can do the same thing. Why is safety better on Facebook than on a dating app, you know? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously we know TikTok's algorithm is completely messed up because they it's, uh, just hide. They What do they do? They hide queer and queer and racial content. Yeah they, yeah, they hide a lot. They really push to shadow ban a lot of queer or, or, or colour cre- coloured creators, which is really fucked oh I shouldn't say yeah because yeah, those people are creating the cultural um particularly people of color on tiktok yeah. we've seen evidence of that when they they did their strike and I thought that was amazing oh, when they stopped creating dances and it just turned into a mess because yeah they they creatively built that up so. yeah exactly um, and yet there's still so much like but you know the hate that gets allowed onto the app as well so it's like mm. a lot of these big companies really need to reevaluate like what they're doing mm. it's the same thing as on instagram where um and even on facebook to a lesser extent you know the spread of hate speech right-wing hate speech is far more prevalent when we can see all the time that um, sex workers accounts and um, you know who are within the guidelines or even just fat people on the on Instagram posting about their bodies um, the same way a skinny person would or queer people using um, self-identifiers like dyke or you know other ones that might be a bit more of a slur um, but using that to reclaim it for themselves um, and being shadow banned or deleted mm. um it's it's really bad and the algorithm algorithms they use really um push that stuff down and then push up you know the hateful rhetoric that they're meant to be getting rid of and I think that kind of shows here with the TikTok video where they have you know 140,000 views on this video because it's been recommended to people normally queer content wouldn't be recommended to people very much on TikTok from what I've read pretty much like so yeah. <laughs> what happened to you know what happened to make this so popular yeah that's a question is it just that it garnered them you know views and people are talking about it and engaging with it these people deserve their privacy basically mm, yeah they do and you know it also comes down to that individual choice um if you find someone on grinder don't out them 
if they're famous. Exactly. Like, don't do it. Even, you know, like, no matter who they are. Um, have some common decency. I know people have had some, yeah, some controversial conversations about can you out someone who's a terrible person, but it's like you're not going to, like, misgender someone who's a terrible person. Yeah, like. Or you shouldn't. Yeah. It, so, you know, don't. Like, if, however terrible a person is, you should always at least at least respect their identity like yeah there's so many valid reasons to to talk about them publicly don't worry about you know their sexuality or gender until they're ready to worry about it publicly anyway um yeah big topic there hopefully um you know all those olympians stay safe and they don't have to um face any ramifications when they go back home record the tiktok video was taken down eventually so like it that video isn't the video isn't out there anymore, thankfully. But still, like it shouldn't have gotten that far, I guess is what we're trying to say. Like Yeah, but we can go we can go yeah. on from there right um, now. <laughs> so if any of that caused you concern or distress, contact Q Life on one eight hundred one eight four five two seven or lifeline at one three double one one four. Um I know that one's pretty tame, but just in case anyone's been outed before and I know that can be pretty distressing. So take care of yourselves, folks. We're going to be going into our next free range topic right now, which is taking a going a bit differently from like talk about the Olympics and um, outing to a very weird discourse that I found. I got to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm really ready for this discourse. I think it's going to be juicy. Okay. First things first, I'll just get out of the way now. Um, massive spoiler warning for um, the first season of Loki. Just get that out of the way now just so you people know that. So <laughs> come back a little bit later if you're listening to it on the radio or just come back to – yeah, skip ahead if you're <laughs> – yeah, okay. Um, basically, like the series Loki, it's gone as each episode aired each week, it went back and forth on a lot of praise and annoyance from LGBTQIA fans. Um, basically, like starting mm. with like the first like positive bit that came out of it when with the series Loki, like obviously it's a lot of it's got a bit to do with time travel and meeting like different variants from different timelines, sort of stuff. But you basically, have the main character Loki, but you end up meeting another counterpart from a different timeline named Sylvie, who is Loki presenting as female. And originally when this this was uh, released, everyone got really excited at the notion, oh, it's showing more of Loki's perception in the Marvel comics that Loki is gender fluid. Like they present as male or female or however they want because they just like to. Um, so people were very excited because the idea was like, oh, we have Loki presenting as another, as presenting as female, which is very exciting. But as it kind of went on, it kind of came like, oh, no, she's more of a variant in the timeline because she's female, not not just because, like, not for, like, any other arbitrary reason. Like, still technically we don't know why she's a variant, mm. but at the same time it became very – it was a bit of like a, oh, well, fine then. Like, it is Disney. We can't mm. be too hopeful for a lot of stuff, but – 
Oh, why didn't you say that from the outset? Yeah. That was never <laughs> true. True. Um, but the, <laughs> I should have. I should have started with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the third episode lead with it's Disney, so you'll be disappointed in any queer thing that comes. It's true. Um, but the third episode mm-hmm. got very exciting <laughs> because it officially confirmed that Loki was by it well not was is bisexual. Like they had a full on mm. conversation and they full on referred to the fact of like any princes or princesses that you're look you're seeing. Like it was very much like mm. it's just a part of Loki's character, which is just the representation we want. Like you, we don't need enormous yeah, fanfare. Nice. We just want just nice, simple stuff and. But, like, as the episodes kind of went on from there, it began to kind of imply this strange romantic tension between Loki and Sylvie. And there was already a huge, like, discourse beginning to bubble with that, with people arguing, no, they're just, like, getting close to another, like, siblings versus, oh, they're a couple or are they not? And then it Mm. accumulated in the final episode of the season where they shared a kiss, which... Ooh. It definitely interesting. Yeah, it's definitely sparked a lot of arguments. Some I can understand, some just ugh, like we like we mentioned, I mentioned a bit mm-hmm. before, warning for some biphobia. Um basically the arguments that have come out either is like this is th- this shouldn't be a they shouldn't be a couple because they're basically the same character, like they're just from a different reality like they they like they argue that technically it would be counted as incest or self-cess because everything about them is still the same like they have the same they have the same family or like yada 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 like it's all still they're, they're basically still the same person just two different mm. people which already it can be tenuous because technically self-cess doesn't exist in our plane of existence obviously mm. <laughs> um but the other argument that's come out is that people are saying and I've seen a lot of it as well, the argument that people are angry at it because it's two bisexual characters that have been confirmed getting together, making a quote-unquote straight ship, which it's not a straight ship. It's still, it is still a queer relationship because they're both, they're still bisexual. Like Why is it so hard for people to grasp? Why is yeah. it? Why? Sorry, I'm so angry about yeah, this. Yeah. Why is it so hard for people to go, oh, you're bi? You're always bi. Like, why do they think that, why do they want you to, like, pick? Quote like, unquote pick. Yeah, why do they want you to pick? You're not picking. You're just in a relationship. You could be in a relationship with eight people. That doesn't make you gay straight like a million different things in one go it just makes you buy exactly it's just if those relationships are buy exactly like i can like there's always going to be those people that get angry because oh my ship wasn't confirmed because like there was a large part of like the fan that was shipping loki with another character with another male character which i can understand like disappointment mm. in that regard but at the same time like it's no reason to be taking that anger about like not a gay not a gay ship with a quote-unquote straight ship like again full disclosure they are not straight it is still a bisexual relationship yeah. like it's uh, I, Jesus. god i it's a weird <laughs> argument because like i know plenty of people like i've seen plenty of people that are bisexual 
frustrated by this ship because still technically it is self-cessed. Like it's still, it's a, it's a really weird discourse because I can see both sides of it. It's just, you have to be careful about who you're talking to about it because it, how the reason and how they're complaining about it can really say a lot. Like if they're complaining about it, because mm-hmm. if it's a self says ship, I, I can agree with that because mm-hmm. yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, but at the same time, don't be criticizing it for being a, for being a ship between a man and a woman, because they're still bisexual. Just say that you're biphobic. Just say it. Just, just, just say it. You're biphobic and let it go. <laughs> we will at least know that you're biphobic and then we won't talk exactly. to you. Exactly. It's so, it's so easy. It's just, it's so easy. It's, but it's so easy to just recognize bisexual people as people that can date more than one gender because that's the premise. You're not more straight or less queer for dating a gender that's not your gender. Exactly. Like it's a. If I was dating, like, if any, like, bi, oh, I don't even know how to, oh, like, engaging with gender at all anymore. I'm just yeah. like, Ugh. yeah, fair. <laughs> you know, just, just the idea of like, if I, you know, obviously read as a woman. Unfortunately, people are terrible and still gender everything, but like dating a cis man and be like "Ah, like you're so you're not you know you're straight and then if I was dating a trans man they'd like manage to shape it as queer in their minds and I'm like you know one that's transphobic and two it's biphobic Mm. so just let's all get it but anyway I digress I also had a really interesting thing to bring up and I don't know tons about um Greek mythology but I kind of had a thought um So when I was uh, reading Mythos by Stephen Fry, he talked about, um, like, the way that Greek gods were kind, like, they weren't really human figures. Like, they could sort of take on any form they wanted. Obviously, we see that a lot with them being animals, but they could also be, like, the ocean or the earth or the sky or whatever or like Thor like embodies lightning he's not like a guy inside the lightning necessarily he like is lightning right so like I'm kind of thinking of it that way like maybe it's more of a like mythical thing of of you know like it doesn't really matter what his body is right or her body is it's just that there's a different relationship to a physical oh, form oh, anyway yeah. so that's kind of interesting and still also kind of queer as well because queer people like often don't want to be in their bodies yeah. so <laughs> I you know that kind of came up for me when oh, I heard that yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of that like for the record like ancient Greece was very queer <laughs> was a like yeah oh, like but, <laughs> if you had you know I don't know who wrote this, but if you had someone who was actually genderqueer or gender fluid writing that, it would probably come off as a lot more authentic and like even if they, you know, weren't going to like canonize that as um, you know, like Loki being gender fluid, at least it would come off authentically in the writing of it, the way um Rebecca Sugar talks about writing queer characters that weren't mm. allowed to be queer on Cartoon Network, um, like officially. Um, she would say, 
you know, she would make them queer coded. Um, and yeah, exactly. we love queer coding. I think if you know some someone's queer and you can feel it and like relate to it, especially if you're looking for representation, then them being bi and dating a bi person that makes them look like they're in a straight relationship to a lot of people, like that's not going to rub like oh it's not by people's responsibility but do you know what I mean like yeah yeah as in that they actually are a bi character instead of just like saying that they're bi like then it's you know it feels like you've got representation even if you don't recognize that for yourself if you're like gay you know yeah exactly like I guess like this is me making excuses and I'm not about to like for the record, like I do think the show, like aside from this part, I do think the show is really good. It does have a lot of really good aspects to it. And technically the Mm. show wasn't meant to have a season two. It was, was meant to be 12 episodes, but they could on thanks to Mm. COVID, they only got to film most of it. So they just aired the first six episodes as a season. So like there is still Mm. a large portion of the show missing, but at the same Mm. time, it's and again like it's this is definitely not to discredit all the hard work that's been done on the show but it is very evident like why this has like why people are so harped on on this because like as I've as we've say multiple times like representation is important and it's not hard to fuck it up like it's Mm. it's really not that hard like (laughs) (laughs) How do you, like, if you can just read it in your own way, how would you read it? Are they in, like, are they romantic or is this sort of a representation of, like, their, you know, dichotomy of gender or, like, what is this to you? I don't know. Like, the fact is, is that, like, there had, there have been a lot of, like, romantic coding that could be viewed as, like, just, like, more a sibling dynamic, which is how I'd been trying to view it for Mm. a lot of the time, but... Even so, like, there was mm. a lot of that cringing and sort of waiting, just being like, okay, you're having a quiet moment together. Please don't kiss. Please don't kiss. And then <laughs> and then they did. And it's just like, ah, damn it. Like, the writers know what they did. Like, there is a very mm. implicit, like, sure, they haven't, none of them have explicitly said I love you to one another. But, mm. yeah. A kiss says a lot. Like it, it says, it's it says so much about what's to come. And like, mm. like everyone that was watching the show, like everyone agrees. Like up until that one moment, that and afterwards, everything was great. It's just like this one moment is just like such a big stain. Being just like, why this wasn't? It wasn't <laughs> needed. It's like I I see both sides of the argument being like I'm not about to be outright dissing this for sh- this relationship just because of the characters like just because of the characters' identities, mm. but at the same time, not like their their sexual and gender identities have nothing to do with it. Regardless of it, it is still a really weird relationship. <laughs> Hmm. it's yeah I think I'd like to see it explained me too in the next few episodes I just think it's such a failure I think they failed Mm. by people 
I think they've failed queer people. Um, it's a huge failure. It's, it's just it's just disappointing. Yeah, it's I, like it could have been great. It kind of made me think of you know the nineties when like gay representation was finally being seen on screen. Um, mm. And it was very specific and it was very stereotypical and it was damaging in a lot of ways and it actually perpetuated a lot of, like, biphobia that we see today. And I just, I, I was tempted to say, oh, this is, like, the 90s for bi people, but it's not because we've seen so much great queer writing mm. on, you know, a lot of streaming platforms and a lot of TV shows and movies and... I just think it's a failure and Disney has ample resources, you know. They don't have to um, go low budget. They could pay anyone to write a good queer storyline and they chose not to and I just think that's a failure. Exactly. And it's It's just been kind of dumped there. Like it's just been dumped with here's these two characters kissing, take it with the, take it as you will internet. Mm, And and they have. (laughs) Obviously there's. And we have. It's like it's like there. You should. They should have been prepared to see that this would not have gone over mm. well. Like even if there is, because even if there is like an ex, a quote unquote explanation for it in the later episodes, like how are they going to come back from that if they do try and pull the we're just sibling dynamic? It makes it really mm. weird. And, but again, and like, if they do want to keep going with it, like they can, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to be complaining about, about, I'm I'm not about to go biphobic on it, obviously, but it's at the same time, it's still just so like the, the first queer, the first canon queer relationship within the MCU and within a Disney show. And this Mm, is what we're given. No, it's too disappointing. I, I don't know, like, just to be safe, obviously, because obviously talks about biphobia and everything, if any of what we talked about is concerning or distressing to you, just make sure to call, be sure to call QLife at 1-800-184-527 or Lifeline at one at one three one 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 four, which is completely understandable if so. Um, but we'll go into our song break now. You're listening to Loud and Clear on scene. Yeah, so Froth or Not, favourite time of day. Always. Favorite time of my week. <laughs> what have you been frothing this week? Um, well, I've been feeling really good. Um, I finally did my learner's test because, like, like full disclosure, like I am like twenty one, but with where where I'm situated in Melbourne, I've never really had the need to drive. Like, I can just mm. get public transport <laughs> everywhere, and. And mm. I have a pretty supportive family in the regard that they're willing to drive me to places if need be, and I can always just get an Uber mm. if if need be as well. It's a blessing and a it curse. Is. Um, <laughs> but it basically just like meant I just never had a need to. But then it was just kind of this case, mm. even talking to my family, where it was just like, you know what? Yeah, no, you should really get this. It's really time time to get this. So time to yeah, go. <laughs> so finally it's done. I passed. I've got it. So now I can start officially learning to drive. <laughs> My froth this week was last weekend my partner and I went to this very cute farm stay and there were uh, like nine puppies and five full-grown dogs 
and a bunch of pigs and piglets and um what else was there there were these weird pheasant things I don't even know they were maybe turkeys like little um uh, not turkeys yeah like pheasants or something and just all sorts yeah and we were out in the forest and um stayed in this little old wagon that had been converted into a B&B and it was very beautiful and very cute and we had like a little campfire and we got fresh like eggs and bacon and all this stuff off the farm and like fresh juice from the orchard down the road like it was very magical. That sounds so cool. It was really nice because um we spent you know like you we lived in Melbourne last year so we spent a lot of that time in lockdown um and given that uh we moved into the country yeah um we now that we live in the country we um are sort of between Sydney and Melbourne which is normally fine because you've at least got one city that's open that you can go to but at the moment and we live on a border community so at the moment or just you know last week until uh luckily the Melbourne lockdown lifted um thankfully both both cities were in lockdown and we couldn't go anywhere or do anything we thought well at least we can go to another border town like we're still allowed in our little border bubble to do that so we we went to a cute little town that we'd never been to before that great. is so cute. It was. <laughs> it was really yeah, that would have been weird. That would have been like so annoying though to be like kind of uh, – it's good that you had those like little border towns you could travel around to because obviously mm. very frustrating to have like the two major cities between you just compl- on complete lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, it was – Um, that's probably my not, I guess, is just that like we can't really go anywhere at the moment. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, that's not as, you know, we're still allowed out. We're still masks only when we're inside uh, Mm. other places that aren't our homes. We don't have to wear them outside. And we haven't had a case here yet um, in this area. We just today we talked about um, just social media's effects on the queer Olympians. There's very, very strange discourse and queer by queerness and biphobia just everything that just happened with loki um, but that and of course our froth or knots for the week um if you want to reach out to us about anything that we talked about if you just want to vent about the strangeness of the whole discourse please just get in contact on our socials on instagram or twitter at sit loud yep at sit loud that's at syn loud or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can also check out this podcast or any of the other podcasts that we've previously made on any of your podcast services, including Spotify, Apple Music, Omi, Stitcher. And of course, like, thanks for listening for today. Yeah, and if you want to hear the music that we play on the show, you can head to our Spotify, the Loud and Queer Mixtape of 2021. And next week, we're going to have a surprise guest interview. Um, So stay tuned for that. And, yeah, just, you know, thanks for joining us this Sunday afternoon. We hope you've had a good weekend. You're listening to Laura and Liz on Loud and Queer on Sin.
Want more Loud and Queer? Follow our socials at SinLoud on Instagram and Twitter.